0: Good evening and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. On this lovely edition of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, we are going to be covering the greatest playmakers in hockey and football, and we've already talked about a couple of them in the previous episode from the Winnipeg Jets. On tonight's episode, we'll take a look across the league, really, at a couple of different teams and see which players on these squads might be very underrated playmakers for a variety of reasons, and we'll explore which of these guys continually get recognition and maybe some players who don't always get the same sort of acknowledgement and level of recognition that they deserve. Towards the end, we'll flip over sports to the world of football and take a look at a couple of gifted playmakers who play in all sorts of leagues, maybe a little bit of Bundesliga, some Premier League, some La Liga. I mean, the world is our oyster tonight, so to speak, even though we're all still inside during quarantine. Before we get to football, though, let's stick to hockey and start off with the Washington Capitals, which is a team that's actually local to me, relatively speaking, and has a variety of really gifted playmakers. This is a team that continually has so many different players and skilled attackers that makes them truly remarkable and dangerous. One of the more underrated playmakers that has recently joined this team in the past couple of seasons is Jakob Vrana. I've talked about Vrana on this podcast in earlier episodes because Vrana is one of the most gifted 5v5 goal scorers in the entire league. I think that he doesn't really get a whole lot of recognition because, generally speaking, his goal totals may not wow people. And he's one of those players who always generates tons of chances, even if he doesn't convert on all of them. So his actual points totals may not look super gaudy. I think what people need to understand, though, is that he's still not really playing a whole lot on the power play. And that when you look at his even strength goal scoring rates, especially, you know, prorated for 60 minutes and whatnot, this kid is just unreal. In terms of pure goal-scoring ability, he's one of Washington's most consistently lethal strikers, and I think it really makes him a very special player and somebody who the Caps fans really need to kind of push management to keep around. I don't know how that team is going to sign him long-term, but Verana is probably one of the most important players on that team that just doesn't really seem to get any recognition. While his goal-scoring is definitely immense, I actually think a lot of what Verana does so well is really controlling and and mastermind plays with the puck. Oftentimes he can set up his line mates with great vision and great distribution. You know, he likes cross-seam passes, and he can also position himself into those areas to make good use of scoring opportunities. In some ways, he's a little bit like a fusion of Nikolai Ehlers and Marco Rossi in that they can kind of pivot around defenders using, you know, body feints and shifts in the balance, and they can easily e- essentially blow by defenders with that extra step of acceleration. Like many of these gifted wingers and centers out there, Vrana is really blessed with incredible edge work and a really strong sense of space, which allows him to exploit and attack with abandon. Because he's so good offensively on the puck, he doesn't really spend a whole lot of time in his own zone, which actually leads to a, a decent amount amount of shot suppression ability because he's on the ice and creating so much offense you know he's not really having to track back and do a whole lot of defending on his own terms it's not like he sort of leaves off his assignments when he needs to either he will track back and try and enforce turnovers and whatnot but because he just creates so much offense you really don't have to worry about you know seeing this team in its own end when he's on the ice speaking of cap's defense i have to say that Dmitry orlov is also another really gifted playmaker i know john carlson tends to be you know albeit very polarizing, probably one of the most talked about offensive producers on that backline because he definitely scores a lot of points. He actually does have a pretty good shot, and he likes to drop below the faceoff circles. But when it comes to actual playmaking ability and creativity, I think Orlov tends to lead there for me. Dimitri is a very, very smart defender because he understands when he needs to essentially become a power forward and when he needs to drop back in defense and mark his assignments very well. He's somebody who often likes to lead breakouts and also create zone entries. And when he's inside the offensive zone, he's always looking for line mates or a good scoring opportunity for himself if he can take a shot that's available. You know, Orlov is always looking to create offense in some capacity, but when he starts to control the puck and skate around the offensive zone, that's when he creates a lot of opportunities. He's really good at navigating those spaces and creating opportunities for himself and his line mates, and that does extend to his power play stints. I know that John Carlson always has the gaudy point totals, but when it comes to actual creation and essentially, I would say, offensive IQ, I genuinely think Orlov just has a little bit of an extra level to his game. It's not that Carlson is, like, amazingly bad or anything like that. I just think Orlov is a very smart player, and it allows him to do and and see routes that other players just can't. I suppose I'd be remiss if I talked about the Washington Capitals and also didn't discuss Nick Backstrom, but you basically know Backstrom's legacy already. He's probably not exactly a first ballot Hall of Famer, but when it comes to Caps Hall of Famers, for sure one. Nick embodies the really versatile two-way center who just seems to do almost everything very well. He's good at creating offense. He tracks back and is defensively responsible, especially during his prime. He's very good at scoring goals himself. He also finds his teammates in good positions. I I really have a hard time finding flaws in his game. You know, he doesn't really have, uh, I would say, elite offensive tool sets in in any particular category. He has a lot of really good tool sets, but nothing that would put him into, like, I, I don't know, you know, one of those Nathan McKinnon kind of categories or whatever but because he's so smart and so skilled, he understands the best way to use these tool sets to set up his teammates and himself. I think Backstrom is the kind of model hardworking center that players who maybe think don't have the greatest tool sets should actually model the game after. I think Backstrom is a very savvy guy. He understands that his tool sets probably don't compare as favorably to like a Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews, but that didn't stop him from being as productive and as successful as he's been over the entirety of his career. He's still a very good top six forward, even though he definitely is starting to show his age, but I I think when you look back on his career and just how many goals he's participated in, either scored by his own hand or by his teammates' hands, you can see somebody who was a clear catalyst down the middle and really a, a rock for which the Washington Capitals relied upon for so many years when they needed somebody to anchor a line with guys like Ovechkin or or anyone else that they've paired him with, they called upon Nick Backstrom to be that play driver, and he's filled that role admirably for so many seasons. I kind of hope that Cole Perfetti, if his tool sets maybe don't develop to the level that we'd expect or hope from him, that he maybe tries to style his game a little bit after Backstrom, but I think Perfetti is going to be very successful, and I have a feeling with the kind of work ethic that Perfetti has, his tools are going to be just fine in just a little bit we'll talk a bit more about a couple of other gifted players including guys like Elias Pettersson who is actually a phenomenally well-rounded two-way center that also just happens to be a sniper but before then i wanted to tell you a little bit about the fine partners at Bilt Bar right now Bilt Bar is currently offering a wonderful Black Friday special including the launch of a brand new set of special holiday themed flavors including white chocolate cookies and cream and white chocolate salted caramel. Both clock in at 130 calories, around 17 grams of protein, and around four to five grams of sugar. If you've never had a built Bar before, it's a protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a dark chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. When you place your order, go to BiltBar.com and get 25% off for Black Friday. And don't forget to use promo code LOCK to get an extra percent off. Every item purchased will also receive two free candy cane brownie bars as well. So make sure you fill your card up to the brim. While you're there, don't forget to check out Go, which you can also get for 25% off. Go is an all-natural, healthy, and convenient alternative to the sugary energy drinks you probably pound every day. They come in convenient 1.5-ounce packages that you can stash just about anywhere, whether it's your briefcase or your backpack. Don't forget to place your order at BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED for an extra percent off. Let's go! Good evening and welcome to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are talking about our creative playmakers in both soccer and hockey. Now, of course, you know, if I just called it soccer and you prefer football, sorry, I use both. I usually call it football, but... Maybe you're one of those weird people who gets offended. We are, of course, starting with hockey, though, before we get to the pitch side of things, and we've talked about a couple of players from the Washington Capitals. I thought it would be interesting to talk about the Vancouver Canucks because I think a lot of times people assume Vancouver is a little bit talent deficient, which in some ways it is, and in some ways I think that there are some very underappreciated players there. And one guy who I tend to think, for some reason, doesn't quite get enough recognition is, oddly enough, Elias Pettersson. Now, Pettersson, of course, is very highly praised and highly regarded for his goal-scoring ability. Everyone knows that when he takes a shot, especially from distance, it's likely to go in just because he seems to have that elite sniper's release. What I don't think many people acknowledge is just how good of a two-way playmaking pivot he really is. When it comes to distribution, back checking, defensive work, spatial marking, I mean this guy just seems to have it all and he does it really well. You also have to consider the team that he's playing on and Vancouver just doesn't have all that much defensive depth. I wouldn't say that their defense is as bad as Winnipeg's because very few teams in the league had as little depth as the Jets did, but, you know, it isn't that far off either. When you see just how busy Vancouver's goalkeeping duo was throughout the entire season, you get the sense that, generally speaking, Vancouver surrenders a lot of opportunities. So, for Pedershaw to have as positive an impact on shot differential as he does especially in keeping the puck out of his own end, I think it really speaks to the fact that he is an elite multi-zone player in so many facets. He's incredibly smart, he understands where he needs to be at all times, and he sets up himself and his linemates for beautiful goal-scoring opportunities, some of which don't even exist until he creates them because he is that central catalyst and I think that it really speaks to just how next level of a playmaker Elias Petrchon is. I really think he doesn't get enough credit and it's kind of shocking because... He's probably one of the few players most people will recognize out of the Canucks roster. The dude is really freaking good though, and he's probably Vancouver's best all-around skater, aside from one other guy who I think has a shout at that, and that is Quinn Hughes. I've talked about Quinn Hughes as a notable goal-scoring defender, but really... Quinn Hughes just seems to do everything really well. When it comes to guys who can dominate possession of the puck and create space like few other skaters can, that's Quinn Hughes in a nutshell. What is just continually shocking about him is how effortlessly he just skates around the offensive zone and creates space for himself and for his teammates. He's somebody who kind of does the Nick Aylers thing, but as a defender, which is a very unusual combo. You don't really see many smaller defenders who play in the way that he does. And I think that he's a very gifted lateral skater, which allows him to kind of open up his body, look for passing opportunities, occasionally shoot the puck himself, and also basically just control the entire zone. When he's inside the offensive zone, the game kind of slows to whatever tempo he wants it to be. He's somebody who, by sheerly controlling the puck can change the pace on a whim, which I think is truly remarkable. He's one of the most exciting skaters that I've seen, especially with a team that, you know, obviously has a limited set of, of skaters who are in this kind of franchise tier but are are very good, the ones that they do have. And even then, when you're watching this team with, with Pettersson and Hughes on the ice, it's unmistakable when Hughes is on the ice because you can just see him gliding around opponents, setting up his teammates, drifting between defenders, and just aggressively creating opportunities that you don't even see. Quinn is arguably one of the most exciting young defenders the league has ever seen, and I feel like he only has so much more room to grow, which for the rest of the league should be terrifying because his first season was a Calder worthy candidate. The last Canucks player we'll talk about is somebody that I'm personally a little bit mixed on because I feel like I'm not really sure if he's this good or if he's maybe just going on an occasional hot streak, but Bo Horvath is somebody who I feel like, when I've watched him in recent times, just kind of seems to explode on the ice. He's a weird player because for a long time, he really struggled to be a a consistent creator. Now, he definitely could score goals, and he definitely, he was a gifted attacker, but it was one of those situations where he wasn't somebody who was creating offense for himself. And then over the past couple of months, especially uh, in the second half of that uh, Vancouver season, He just seemed like a different player. His inside cuts against defenders were more aggressive. He seemingly was very strong on the puck. He sort of just exploded towards the net with that extra step of acceleration and scored plenty of goals. It just sort of felt like he was more of a wrecking ball. And I don't know if it's something that he can do consistently, but other than that, I mean... You know, if if this streak of his is more than just a streak, then Vancouver have a very exciting, fun player to not necessarily build around because he's kind of at the stage of his career where he's basically in his prime and what he is, is is not likely to change all that much. But all that said, if you've got Pettersson and Horvat as your two top six centers, I think you're doing pretty fine. Horvat just seems to kind of fill in that second role of somebody who provides explosive offense, whether at even strength or on the power play. And I think that's what you really want to see. He's very good at creating a lot of net front chaos, which sets himself up and his teammates as well to kind of clean up on those rebound opportunities or he finds an open teammate for a nice goal scoring opportunity. I think Horvat is actually pretty gifted. I just don't know if all of the on ice impact that he has, especially in front of the net, is something that he can do consistently, uh, you know, throughout the remainder of his career. But if he does, you know, Vancouver's looking pretty happy with that particular pick. We've covered a number of different hockey players and in a little bit we will take a little bit of a look at some of the best players on football pitches around, especially creative playmakers who maybe think about the game a bit differently than some of the others. But before we get to that fun stuff, I wanted to give you a couple of announcements. On this week's episode, we are going to be continuing our series of gifted playmakers. I might just go around the league and do different random teams each night. I'm not going to tell you which team it is. You'll just have to kind of listen and find out, but maybe we uh maybe we pick a few teams that we love and we hate. And as Jets fans, so, you know, I'm not going to try and praise the uh, the Preds too much. I'm probably not even going to find that many gifted playmakers on that team to begin with. But, you know, I will try and give a fair and balanced assessment of some of their more creative players. I also wanted to give you a hot tip on an upcoming Cyber Monday special for the fine folks at Bilt Bar. On Monday, they are launching two special new flavors that are actually different from this weekend's releases of White Chocolate Cookies and Cream and White Chocolate Salted Caramel. They will also be releasing two special flavors, including White Chocolate Cherry Sundae and White Chocolate Coconut Deluxe. Both of these flavors will be while supplies last, so be sure to get your orders in as soon as humanly possible, and just know that when you do, every item you purchase comes with two free candy cane brownie bars. If you're wondering what a built bar is, it's a protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a dark chocolate exterior and a soft chewy interior. If you want to give some of their original 12 flavors to try it, I highly recommend the mint brownie and the raspberry flavors, I think those were my personal favorites, but if you can't really decide from all of the great sounding flavors, be sure to check out their variety box. And if you're worried about the associated guilt with eating something so delicious, worry not because Bilt Bar clocks in at around 200 calories or less, around 15 to 17 grams of protein, and around 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. To place your order, go to BiltBar.com and get 25% off for Black Friday and Cyber Monday, plus use promo code LOCKED for an extra percent off. Welcome back to these closing few minutes of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are covering all sorts of creative sports playmakers from around the world, and we have now come to the world of football, which, of course, uh, a lot of you probably do watch. I think a a number of folks here in the uh, Canadian regions tend to really enjoy watching Bayern because of the Alfonso Davies connection. We all know, however, that there are plenty of amazing players out there in the wide world of sports, and one of the guys that I've talked about as being a supreme goal scorer also happens to be a supreme creator, which we didn't really know until this season, and that is Harry Kane. Now, Harry Kane is a a prolific striker and center forward, but I honestly felt like for a long time, how he positioned himself in build-up play was very underappreciated, and if he stayed healthy, he would eventually develop the passing and vision to start becoming more of like a playmaker. As it turns out, he's been as good of a distributor as you could possibly imagine from somebody playing something of a deeper center forward role between guys like Lucas Moura and Hong Min Son. His ability to hit really good slant routes, uh, essentially flinging deep balls down the flanks or down the middle to, you know, whoever is around for his teammates, has created so many routes of attacking for the Spurs team, which, you know, ironically, the Spurs don't often create a whole lot of offense in games. They have to do it on on really rapid counters and stuff because when they are, are pressed in their own area, they don't tend to come out much. Jose Mourinho is pretty conservative when it comes to really playing aggressive attacking football, especially if he's worried about surrendering the lead. So Kane's ability to hit long ball routes is really important for this team. Of course, talking about Kane naturally leads one to discuss the wonder that is Son. And Son is probably one of the most creative, I don't even know if you want to call him like a winger or a center forward, because he can basically play anywhere at the front of the pitch, and I think you'll get value all the same. Son just thinks about football differently from a lot of other guys, because he has the pace, he has the dribbling, he has the skill, and he has the the engine and desire to push through defensive lines, win physical battles, and run against back lines with incredible pace and skill. He often just sort of ghosts behind defenses, and even though they think they've caught him offside, in fact, he's timed his jumps perfectly and scores very good goals. He understands his spatial positioning perfectly, he knows when he needs to make the jump, and he has excellent chemistry with his teammates, so he kind of understands when he's going to get a pass, he knows when he needs to make that darting run, and he knows how to give his teammates options. You know, he and Kane work so well together that I almost can't imagine that team without those two playing on the same squad. Some players were made for each other, and I think Son and Kane complement each other so well in the way that they make runs off of each other that it's, it's just hard to imagine those two playing apart. Eventually, they may have to if somebody comes in and takes one of Son or Kane to a different squad, but I, I honestly think that they both stay at Spurs for a very long time, and I think that that is a core that you can build around you have two of the most gifted playmakers and scorers in all of football playing off of each other for years to come i don't really see how that is a loss in any capacity and that's something that no matter what you really want to build around and keep obviously spurs have a lot of issues going forward you know mostly in their defense and Maybe a occasionally lackluster midfield. I think Tanguy and Dumbale is definitely starting to show that. In fact, his long ball distribution and vision are as good as they were when he was in France. But certainly, they aren't. Uh, they aren't hurting for attackers. I mean, now they have Bale at their disposal, and Bale, even at 50%, is an incredibly potent attacker. He can kind of carve up defenders by running in against back lines. He's got terrifying pace and strength, and he's got a huge, huge stride that allows him to get a lot of torque and power on whatever ball he kicks. If that front three stays healthy throughout the rest of the season, you have one of the most venomous attacks in all of world football, and I think Spurs are going to be very exciting to watch over the next few months. We've covered a lot of special playmakers on tonight's episode, but I do have to keep a few for this upcoming week, so we are going to call it on tonight's episode. Before you log off, be sure to check out the Locked On National Podcast, hosted by Sarah Avampada, so you can check out all of the news around the league and stay up to date with all of the other teams. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, have a great night and go jets go.